0: Today's episode is brought to you by Patreon supporter Wayne Fitzpatrick. If you'd like to learn how you can contribute to the podcast and keep it alive, please go to schooloflifts.com forward slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Thanks, Wayne. And we also have another sponsor.
1: Hi, this is Leslie Norris Townsend, and I want to invite you to be a part of the Clean Comedy Challenge 2017 in Pasadena, California, and in Chicago, Illinois. The Clean Comedy Challenge invites comedians of all levels to have a chance to work on a real comedy stage with real comedy pros watching and privately critiquing you. It's Eddie Brill, Dwayne Kennedy, Dobie Maxwell, Jimmy Brogan, Dennis Regan. They'll all be on board for these private critiques and seminars, so you don't want want to miss out. It's no auditioning early fee before May 1st. Go to www.cleancomedychallenge.com. When you register, make sure you mention the School of Laughs podcast so I know where you came from.
2: Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show.
0: Thanks again to our sponsors, The Clean Comedy Challenge and Wayne Fitzpatrick, who has joined us on Patreon. Uh, You can go to patreon.com forward slash School of Laughs or schooloflaughs.com forward slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N to learn how you can support the podcast. And if you're at the $7 or more a month level like Wayne is, you'll also be included in Club 52 where you'll receive an email each week helping you get your business and your comedy a little further faster. Thanks, Wayne. Today's podcast is with Chuck Johnson. Chuck is a guy I've known, again, One of these guys I've known since the mid-90s who used to work at the Comedy Zone, worked there for three years between 95 and 98, uh, learned how to kind of book comics, find venues, do promotion, all that stuff. And then branched out and started his own thing, which became Summit Comedy, Inc. in 1998. So he's been doing his own thing, having his own company running for 19 years. And you don't do that if you're doing it wrong. Chuck is one of these guys who's a go-getter, smart guy, and loves comedy. You'll hear throughout the podcast that he's still... Loves listening to, watching, booking, and befriending comedians. And that's not always the case. A lot of times people kind of get jaded after a while. Chuck is not one of those guys. He's he's a good guy. Books a lot of, like I say, college comedians. He's going to give us some insight into how if you're thinking about getting into the college market uh, things you can do steps you can take moves you can make and mistakes you can avoid to help you get there so really appreciate his time i did have a little technical problem with the beginning of the podcast and the uh, audio was kind of garbled so i had to cut that out Uh, in that first part we were just kind of talking about getting a start uh, in college when he was actually the guy on campus that would go to these NACA conferences and book entertainment and uh, book him in the venues there at Appalachian State U where he went to in North Carolina and uh, ask him who was some of the bands were that he booked that kind of blew up shortly thereafter and on one night he had Rusted Root who's one of my favorite bands kind of a jam band and Dave Matthews right when he was getting ready to shoot to the top of the charts and uh, was able to book Dave Matthews for 9,000 bucks and the Rusted Root Gang for 1000 bucks, So a $10,000 show that, man, any any college would love to have. And he had them both there on the same night. Uh, pretty cool. So we talked about that. And then uh, also about him moving around a little bit when he was a, a kid. He was a Navy brat. So, I mean, he lived in multiple places, Cuba, Iceland and then landed in North Carolina where he started his Summit Comedy Incorporated. So we covered a little bit of that, and at this point I had asked him to kind of break down NACA for comics who might be thinking about performing for colleges, and we'll jump in right here.
2: Uh, Regarding NACA, there are seven regional conferences. You can look at NACA.org and kind of see where they all are. There's the... There's the South, there's the Northeast, there's the Mid-Atlantic, uh, Northern Plains, West, Central. Um, those are kind of the different regions um, where they have uh, regional conferences um, throughout the year. There's six in the fall, there's one in the spring, and then they have a big national conference. Uh, and that just kind of varies. They move it all over the place. It's usually bigger cities like uh, Boston Nashville um, it was in Minneapolis a couple of years ago. It was in Baltimore this February so um, And that's kind of on a grander scale where They'll have more bigger names like some of the bigger agencies like the William Morris the ICMS uh, APA CAA and such they'll go in there and showcase some of their bigger comedians and bands, et cetera. So but the regionals are usually a little bit more a uh, smaller end as far as the talent wise especially with comedy so
0: and at those conferences, you know, they're looking at everything bands and, and sometimes some pretty odd stuff, like the guys that paint a picture upside down and backwards and then flip it over at the last second. <laughs> all those all those For sure. And uh, I remember going, you know, as a college student to those things and, and just watching and, like, how cool is it that I've got a pocket full of money, basically, and I can pick what I want to bring back to campus. So it's, it's a different thing. Like, I wish there was a corporate version of NACA where – all the HR people came in with go old budgets, you know, it's like, there's some things like, you know, speaker showcases and things where it's a miniature version of that. But the fact that you have a national thing for college where they have to spend the money, uh, it's just a, a great opportunity. So you got into that full swing. And then when did you start representing comics exclusively in the NACA market?
2: That was literally right out of the gate. When, was it- also, when I started, um, I kind of, you know, again, I was trying anything. I actually decided uh, to try management and I, um, right out of the gate, I managed, uh, three comedians. Uh, one was Reno Collier. One, uh, was, uh, Mark Ryan and another guy named Mike Allen. So I was doing that for about two years and it really wasn't even management. It's more like a glorified agent manager. So I was just handling all their bookings and just trying to get them, um, you know, seen by as many people as I could and such. Mm-hmm. But, uh, as far as the NACA world, I was doing the same thing. So those guys, I was, I was submitting to the NACAs, et cetera, and other people like, uh, um, I mean, my oldest client in the college market is Roy Wood Jr., and he's been with me since, since he started. So, uh, I started in 98. I think he got in the market at 2000, 2001. So, yeah, me and Roy have been working that long together just in the college market. So, it's just so funny. He's been in it so long. He actually just he just got the NACA Hall of Fame Award. Did he really? Um, this February. Yeah. So.
0: Yes. Yeah,
2: which is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, there's no better guy out there to be pulling for and working with. So that's awesome. And I, I saw on your roster, you also have Eric O'Shea, who's kind of a, he's I mean, a legend. I yeah. Mean, he's, he
2: was with uh, the Joey Edmonds agency for quite a long time. I think he's been with me nine or 10 years now. So, so yeah, I mean, we have some pretty big heavy hitters. Uh, Jesse Campbell does really well. Eric O'Shea, Colin Moulton is a guy that actually doesn't showcase a lot in the, in the, um, in the college market, but just, you know, he's just a beast as far as up wise. Uh, Arvin Mitchell, Francisco Ramos, uh, Kevin Bozeman, Chloe Hilliard. We've got a ton of guys and gals. Um, I pretty much kind of have the market, uh, you know, I don't want to say corner, but I, I, I I know the need that is out there and we just kind of tap into what is needed and we listen to our clients and, and, uh, you know, we're always, um, bringing on new people and, and sometimes we just, we have to let people go too. I mean, sometimes the guys just get you know, the material uh, starts changing into material that doesn't fit the 18 to 22 year old uh, ear, and uh, we just kind of have to uh, cut them loose. But um, you know, it happens. It's part of the business. So the thing is, you and I, and, uh, the, and every other comedian gets older every day. The college market stays the same every year. It's just always 18 to 22 year olds, and just the way it is, and we always will be. So.
0: Yeah. Well, on that same front, how do you go about discovering? New younger comics.
2: Well, it's a little bit of um, um, me searching and people reaching out to us. It's a combination of the two. I literally get uh, at least three to five emails a day from uh, people trying to get into the college market um, because it's such a you know if the, if you've done your homework you can realize it's a pretty lucrative uh, you know part of the business to be in. I mean, you kind of think of the uh, I always kind of looked at the four spokes of the wheel. It's really just uh, the crews, corporate, college, and clubs. I mean, those are the big ones. So if you can kind of work all of them, that's obviously you can make a pretty good living doing that. I mean, you mentioned Eric O'Shea. He maybe does one club a year doing okay in just the college market alone. So I do go, uh, I'm constantly looking out to see the Google feeds with new comedians, et cetera, people to watch, Googling new people all the time. I go out to comedy festivals periodically to see people I talked to with other managers and such and say, hey, listen, you know, reach out to me first if you got anybody new that you're working with and, you know, that'd be a good fit
0: and kind of go from there. So That's great. And you're talking about, you know, you know what the clients, college clients need. What are they looking for in the comics that come to their campus?
2: As a general uh, rule, I mean, clean, young helps. I mean, if you're, you know, if you're in your late 50s, you know, and you just look like a dad – yeah, nine times out of ten, the material is not going to match up to uh, what they're going to want to hear. So it definitely helps. I, I mean, I don't always want to, you know, bring in the ageism and say, "Hey, if you are X, Y, Z amount of years old, you're not going to be able to do this market." Because I've seen guys uh, go. I've seen guys like uh, like Larry Omaha, who's you know, a little, obviously a little older and. He's gone in and killed at NACA's. So I don't want to, uh, to ever discourage anybody on that, but I'm just saying the trends typically are leaning towards the the younger and high energy, different, the, uh, the cleanliness factor um, is a big one too. Just because at NACA's uh, I always just kind of train our comic showcasing to keep it as clean as possible. Because once you, you have to get through the gatekeeper. The gatekeeper is typically a student advisor or or somebody signing off on the contracts and such. Um, Sometimes it is the college students uh, directly uh, that they, the schools will give a little more leeway to, uh, to make those business decisions. Um, But most of the time there is some kind of advisor involved. And I, I just have to feel from over the years that, that, they have to sign off on it and if something went wrong as far as like all right speed bombs as far as somebody being really edgy and such, they have to answer to somebody. So I and I've run into this where they're like, all right, well, why did you book that guy and using the F bomb as a comma in their act? I mean, it just it just the kids typically don't care about the material once you're there, but um but I I just that's kind of the you know I just always feel like I have to touch on the, the cleanliness factor and and explain that.
0: So yeah. I mean, it's, it needs to be in your tool belt, regardless if you're a comic and you want to get TV credits or anything else, you should always have, have that in your showcase set as well. Like you said.
2: Yeah. And there are some guys on my roster that, um, that are just, um, you know, again, I try to check all the boxes um, with our roster that, you know, that, that, that we're not just bringing on other people just because it just because they're funny. Cause there are, are tons of great funny comedians that have come to me and said, Hey, we want to be on your roster. I'm like, Oh man, I love you. But, I've got five just like you, you know, different is good. It's definitely a, a, a factor involved as far as my choosing uh, new talent. And um, I also have an agent that works for me, uh, Melissa beer, and she's amazing. And, and we're kind of on the same page in that aspect too. So we, if it gets down to ultimately I have the say and uh, who to bring on, but um, every now and then I'll be on the fence with somebody and I kind of run it by her as well and say, Hey, what do you think here? And, um, and, Usually, like I said, we're on the same page in that aspect. So, And um, we don't bring on a lot of new people every year. We don't – I mean, maybe two or three. But then usually when that happens, we usually let two or three go. Right. So it's kind of a, that scenario where um, I could bring on 100 people on our roster, but is everyone getting service properly? Uh, no. I mean, I see I see a lot of the big agencies that do that um, where um, they have 100 – comics on the roster but then i have those comics emailing me looking for work so i never wanted that i kind of like it uh kind of like the 30 or less range that's kind of where we've kind of stuck with um with our with our uh, roster just because we want everybody to be happy we want everybody to be working and getting the work and we kind of let the market choose too if we submit every one of our clients like in a budget range because everybody has kind of a price tag that they go out for and Mm -hmm. you know the highs and lows and Nobody has an exact price tag, as you you know, and maybe not, not everybody knows that out there. But uh, you know, some is neg- some comics are negotiable, so we kind of know everybody's kind of pay range. So when a school calls us or emails us and says, "Hey, we got X Y Z, um, who do you got?" We'll I'll, we'll put everybody that we that fits that that uh, range in there. And if you haven't been selected to showcase, or excuse me, selected to uh, be booked out of college, like in a year, that's that tells us them that the the market is uh, looking elsewhere. Melissa has a rule, uh, like she refers to it as a, like her closet, her clothes in her closet rule. So like, <laughs> she, like, hey, if I don't wear that, if I don't wear that sweater uh, in a year, like I typically get rid of it. So there's so, a lot
0: of comics at Goodwill that used to do college gigs. <laughs> yeah, it's a
2: Goodwill comedy tour. Maybe we should start that.
0: <laughs> hey, think you can find a lot of guys shopping in there in between gigs. Hey, yeah, yeah. You, you touched on something that I think, uh, just to make it really clear to comics is the fact that you want to have a diverse roster. And I, I know even when I first started even looking at maybe doing college stuff or even corporate, I would look at a website and i like, Oh, they've got this guy. I'm just like that guy. They must, they, they, I would be a good fit and it was the worst fit because they already had that guy. So
2: sure. Yeah.
0: So when comics are looking at your roster, if they don't see somebody they're like them, That's a good fit. It's not that you want to have 10 of the same guys. And I I think that gets lost on comics.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree. And we look at it like, all right, well, like, hey, we've got one guitar comedian. Should we bring on another one? And You look at the demand, and then that's just it. So it's like, all right, you know, two guitar comedians, maybe, um, not three. So uh, um, I was even, uh, I mean, I was more of a comedy purist even. Like when we brought on a magician about, I don't know, six years ago i was very skeptical about even doing that because really? i mean it says of comedy and granted there are uh magic shows that have humor in there a lot of them a little bit hacky and such but until i found this one guy is a guy named ben Seidman, and he's first off he's an amazing magician and he's funny and he's just great and he's very entertaining so i was like like that was me letting my guard down to bring on somebody else uh-huh. and, like outside of just straight stand-up, so, and since then, I've kind of opened it up, like, we have one magician, we have one juggler, Um, we just brought on uh, a mind reader, uh, Eric Dittleman, um, just um, last month, Um, he was on America's Got Talent in the semifinals, so that kind of, uh, you know, the the changes over the years uh, to fit the market, and obviously, some of those uh, variety acts are some of our most booked acts, so, it's like, oh yeah, well maybe you should have done that earlier. But but again, it was also finding that perfect fit, you know. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't bringing on another guy just doing, I mean, um, a straight jacket bit just because. Uh, and I even have a joke with Ben Seidman <laughs> saying, if you ever do a straight jack in your act, it's like you will be removed from the roster. <laughs> 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 just like it's hacky and just. So again, I I'm always looking for something good, clever, unique, and just not a hack.
0: Are there any uh, trends within inside the college market towards one type of of comic. Pretty
2: wide open. I mean, uh, we go to every conference, so we kind of see what's out there. And luckily that I think we do really well in the market. And so I, that's, again, it's kind of a reassuring to know that I'm doing something right as far as picking the right people that we have showcased. Cause we, we, we first get through to the process of getting selected cause that's a process all on its own. Um, and, and second, when they do get, selected to showcase they typically do well so those are the you know it's all the different hurdles to uh, to get past i mean you see guys getting selected to showcase and and just because you get selected to showcase doesn't mean you're going to actually get work and you see that a lot of times too um guys making it to the dance but then going home alone um yeah zero bookings and um you know, and, and I, some of that, I blame their agent, uh, not telling, not as, like assisting them with, uh, maybe the material to use and not dropping F-bombs or whatever, I going back to the cleanliness aspect of it. Um, you know, so I'm pretty good at, um, kind of corralling my talent too, as far as like, Hey, uh, you know, I am not a comedian by, by all means, I never will be, but I know comedy, I know what it works and, and I just take a lot of their acts and restructure them to fit the showcase uh, mold, I guess. Um, whether, and NACA showcases are 10 minutes now. They used to be 20 and then they were 15 and uh, now they're universally 10 minutes. Um, unless you're an MC where you get up to 25 minutes and then you gotta break up your act during the different um, acts like you mentioned earlier.
0: Hey, sorry to barge in in the middle of the podcast. This is Rick, and I just wanted to let you know I found out just moments ago that my episode of the Pure Flix Comedy All-Stars is now available on PureFlix.com. If you like clean entertainment, you might like Pure Flix, P-U-R-E-F-L-I-X.com. Log in, sign up for a 30-day free trial, and check out the Comedy All-Stars, hosted by Sinbad, Louis Anderson, and Jeff Allen. I'm on the season with Jeff Allen. All right, just wanted to share that with you. Now back to the episode. Another thing I wanted to comics to kind of find out about as far as NACA is the, uh, the block booking aspect of it and the routing, how, how well that works out. And from your you know standpoint as the, the agent, uh, just talk about being there at one of those regionals after the showcases and the people coming to the booth and checking dates and, and how that whole thing works. That that's, that's unique to the college market.
2: NACA is like, I think 54, 55 years old, I believe. And I'm not exactly sure that the exact date, um, so I guess the concept when they started that was just that, like trying to block book, which means obviously, you know, bringing in uh, at a conference that regionally, like different schools, for example, the Northern Plains was in in April and you have like University of Wisconsin, um, you know, Whitewater, and then all the other Superior, Stout, et cetera. So they'll all be there. In theory, when the, the moons align, they like you, uh, XYZ Act and like they'll book, they'll all sit in a block booking meeting afterwards and they'll say okay we want this comic on august 15th and they're like great uh the next school that's 20 minutes away hey we're going to book uh him or her on on the next night and et cetera et cetera the comedians and the bands whatever give um different price breakdowns they have an isolated price on, like if they were just booking them like a, as a one-off um but then they give routed dates uh, discounts, which is uh, called their three of five price and their five of seven, which basically means three dates, three colleges within five days or five colleges within seven days. And you give them a price break, whether it's, you know, a hundred dollars or $500 off or whatever. It just depends on what you, I guess, again, what your price tag is to assist with, um, you know, just trying to sweeten the pot a little bit. Um, to stretch their uh, financial dollars throughout the school year because um, every school is different. Some schools will come in your booth and they will ask like, Hey, what's your budget for the year? And they'll say a million dollars and others are like, all right, we have 8,000 for the year. And we're like, well, I guess you're not doing a whole lot of comedy. (laughs) Uh, I mean, if you're booking a $2,000 comic and you've, you've got, you know, 6,000 left over for the rest of the year, it's not going to work very well. So, so yeah, so we just know that at these regional conferences um, that, some schools are doing more. Um, you'll have um schools that do comedy series that'll do every Friday for the whole semester type thing. And then others will book one a semester or one a year. So it's it's just our job as far as meeting and making relationships with those schools and kind of taking notes on what what their specific needs are. They've actually changed a little bit over the years. It used to be a you know, all uh, pen and paper, literally like they have forms in triplicate where like you, and this is the way it was for the first, I'd say 52 years. I mean, uh-huh. they, you'd come in and, and it was just a mad dash for everybody coming in with their forms, getting signed and, and it became, and then when somebody would slam dunk, that would be the best. For example, I mean, I mentioned Roy Wood Jr. earlier, we are in Nashville about four or five years ago, maybe even longer than that. I don't even remember the year, but uh, he got 102 forms on site and people are fighting over the dates and saying like well i got that in first we want september 12th for our homecoming or whatever so yeah it was just so like archaic now when you think about it with like the pen and paper and, the, and i had just a stack of these <laughs> looking forms just trying to make sense and you know it's easy when it's you know you get like 20 days but when you get 100 it's it's crazy and there's only know only so many school days in the in the in the in the year so to get them all in yeah and every year typically somebody at like at a conference there's always just like one comedian that usually slam dunks at the national which is great so um he or she can uh you know make a good chunk of change in, in a in one calendar year just doing
0: that, that so this is something that comics might be wondering that are listening um so you want to do the college market and you need to tape for it but you're in clubs and the clubs can run a little older. Uh, I guess the, the ideal comic would be when they always had a foot in the club so they were tight and sharp, but they also had material that could uh, be narrowed down specifically for the college market because you could lose some of the older people with your Xbox jokes and whatever in the club. So how how hard is it for comics to get a good tape to you know start the submission process or they just
2: get it while they're at a
0: college? What's, what is well, that's,
2: that's funny you asked there's there's guys on my roster that I've been asking for a new tape for for years and and they're procrastinators and you know so i mean here here's a tip for every comedian uh are you listening to comedians do you know that you can go to Walmart and buy the the nicest video camera that they have and use it for a month and return it before the month and <laughs> get your money back Go do that. It's so simple. I do, I tell so many comics that. It's like, listen, go get the best one. You know, because there's always going to be something that happens when you tape, um, you know, whether it's um, somebody walks in front of the set or the the, re- the recorder or the, you know, the waitress is dropping drinks or whatever. I mean, you're not – it's tough to get that, that – Prime tape, I get it. Mm-hmm. But, um, if you can find a place that you can get on stage quite a bit, whether it's at your home club or other clubs to just work on, um, say, uh, you know, the, the college submission reel doesn't need to be very long. I mean, you, you can knock that out in like three minutes. So uh, the submission policy, the way it is now, they look at 90 seconds. That's wow. it. And they can look up to two minutes But I, I mean, I've done some homework and most of the time they just watch for 90 seconds. So if you watch a lot of times the way I edit the videos uh, on our college pages, I mean, it's 90 seconds. Like a a joke, we try to end the joke uh, at at that point, just for that reason. So, um, and then just add extra at the back end as well in case somebody else is is looking. But, um, so yeah, it's not that difficult. So Go out, do your homework, find uh, the materials you need. And here's another great tip. Go to the college in your town or the college within 30 minutes of you. I promise. So call them up and say, I will give you a free show, promote that show and go in. Like I said, if you're looking to, you know, do material that's strictly to the college crowd, go to a college again, get all the materials you need as far as the production end to make that work, test it ahead of time, make sure it is working correctly and, um, Ask the school and say, "Hey, can I do a free show? You just record it." So that's awesome. I've said that. I've said that about a hundred times, and has, <laughs> has anybody ever done it? I don't know. But
0: well, you know, there, don't, it is the bane of the comedy existence is getting that good tape. You know, and you. I think you got to record just have it, have it, record every show, and you're going to catch lightning in a bottle a few times, and and that's what you go with. I
2: agree. I mean, I mean, uh, but you know. What do I know? Well, you, <laughs> I'm on this side. <laughs> I'm on this side of the fence. <laughs> I mean, I know what I would do. <laughs> so, yeah. I, <laughs> so. Well, how
0: about on that front, just to to close out, or some some do's and don'ts for uh for comics, whether they're looking into college or, or anything else. Just as a booking agent, stuff that like not having a recent video can drive you crazy. And
2: see uh, what comedians are showcasing at NACA? Uh Look at their reels. Uh, see what the what what they submit and what um you know obviously if it's working for them you know try and you know, model your uh, set not not your set but your just the production quality and uh, maybe some of the kind of material wise uh, that kind of leans towards that market um so I mean, don't go in there talking about your IRA or um, <laughs> your kids or whatever. It's just that material is just never going to go over because they don't, like the 18 to 22 year olds just really don't want to hear it. So yeah, it's got to be universal
0: cool. for them. So That's cool. And uh, last, I'm going to hit you with the music question. If you okay. had one concert left to see, and you may have seen all of these of before, but uh, front row seats, meet and greet the whole nine yards, Iron Maiden, Metallica or Kiss?
2: <laughs> wow all right well you have you been on my facebook wall
0: lately? <laughs> just a little bit
2: <laughs> because um uh, um i am a metal guy so but I, I listen to all music but uh kiss was my first concert ever um i saw iron maiden on friday and i'm singing metallica on saturday in chicago oh so <laughs> that is funny that you chose those three um, I've met some members of Iron Maiden before. Um, I'd like to meet Metallica, and yeah. it would probably be that. I'd say, yeah, they've been uh, they kind of the root of the uh, the metal scene that I uh, that I kind of jumped onto back in high school, and so yeah.
0: yeah, that's cool. I like their new song, the the Moth into a Flame. Have you heard that one? Oh yeah, yeah, that thing rocks. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, it's my favorite new one. So
0: cool. Yeah, my first concert was Kiss in uh 77 when i was in third grade <laughs> oh wow yeah wow yeah cool thanks chuck for taking some time and uh kind of laying out the the college scene from where you're at and i know comics listening around the world are a little bit more enlightened for your time so thank you very much yeah
2: yeah you're absolutely welcome if uh anybody has any questions i'm really good at uh kind of letting comics know too yes or no whether or not uh, i think that they would be a good fit And, um, and you can ask many other comics too, that I literally, I said, I get like three to five a day, almost every time I will respond and say, well, I think you'd be a good fit for this. Um, if I do think they are a good fit for the market, say, Hey, again, they're not right for me, but maybe reach out to X, Y, Z because there are plenty of other uh, agencies out there. And, and, um, I try to help everybody out as much as I can out there. So.
0: Oh, that's cool. I'm sure you'll get a few a few more emails once this thing goes up. So be prepared. <laughs> uh, I don't mind.
2: Okay. It's, oh, it's uh, part of the gig. I don't mind. Uh, I'm, I'm not jaded yet. <laughs> 19 that, you know, I, years. And when does that start? Is it at 20? I don't know. <laughs>
0: well, that's a good question. Cause I, I was going to say earlier that, you know, you are a guy who still likes comedy and you, you still laugh and you still have a good time around it. And you haven't shut that, that whole door all the way. You know, you're still in there doing it. that's what makes you good at what you do. You, you You're in the, The thing that you like to do so you know hopefully you'll never get yeah well it's
2: it's it's the best job in the world I mean I don't care if you're on the the joke selling side or the joke telling side it's just it's not brain surgery what we do you guys tell the jokes we sell the jokes and I mean all the other the BS in in between is there's really not much to it it's pretty good gig
0: and you've never had the desire to get up there and, and do comedy
2: Or have you? Uh, I host some things here and there, but no, no, no. I don't. eh. My wife tells me I'm not very funny. So (laughs) so there you go. (laughs) There you go, man. Well,
0: (laughs) thanks again, man. I really appreciate you carving some time out today.
2: You bet, buddy. It was a good chat with you. And uh, let me know if we can help you with anything else.
0: All right. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it, buddy. All right. See you. All right. Have a good one. hope you enjoyed that interview with chuck johnson from summit comedy inc you heard him gang he gets three to five emails a day and i warned him he might be getting a lot more than that after people listen to this episode but you know he's pretty cool he'll uh he'll just look at what you have if you contact him and say hey you probably would be good for the uh, college market or "Eh, it's probably not a good fit Uh, it might be a fit with his group it might not be but man inside information from chuck johnson if you're thinking about the college market you might want to take advantage of that offer just uh Contact him. Tell him you heard him on the podcast and you just kind of want him to take a quick peek at your stuff. That didn't sound right. <laughs> take a quick look at your video or your website and that kind of stuff and, and get some feedback. Uh, don't overwhelm him. Uh, but again, he offered. So there it is. Chuck Johnson, great guy. and uh, Appreciate him doing the interview today. Hey, a couple ways you can improve your comedy is to focus on your writing. And I've got some options for you to help you with that. If you're in the nashville tennessee area i'll be running the stand-up comedy level one writing classes mondays august 7th 14th and 21st from 6 to 8 p.m the investment for you into your comedy career is 200 dollars and if that seems like a lot i apologize for your mindset but it's not that much to invest in your career i don't know how much engineers pay to uh, learn how to be an engineer how much pilots invest into becoming a pilot but to be a comedian, you need to invest in what you're doing. and If, if the writing you have isn't clicking, it's not getting the laughs you want, whether it's my class or somebody else, you should probably look into it just to kind of figure out what you're missing out on. My class, again, happens this August. If you're interested in that, you can shoot me an email, schooloflaughs@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you're not in the Nashville area, the online writing class is a great option. You can go to schooloflasts.com and click the online class option there to find out more about that. And right now I'm running a summer special. If you want to get in at the uh, silver level and take that writing class, I'll give you off if you use the coupon code better comedy b-e-t-t-e-r-c-o-m-e-d-y that's 20% off the silver edition all summer long that will expire in the first week of september 2017 if you're picking up on this podcast a little late in the game other than that i would like to read one more quick itunes review this is from spfld guy i'm assuming that's springfield guy but who knows could be something else Uh, He gives us a five-star review and says, Rick gives great insight to help young comics as well as provide some refresher knowledge for veteran comedians, a must-listen for comedians of all levels. Hey, thank you, Springfield guy, SPFLD guy. Uh, We do try to make the podcast something that anybody at any level can learn from. And, man, picked up a lot of good information today from Chuck Johnson. I hope you enjoyed that podcast and Appreciate you being with us. I'm going to leave you with one quick sponsor note, and then we'll be out. So stay safe, stay humble, and stay funny.
1: Hi, this is Leslie Norris Townsend, and I want to invite you to be a part of the Clean Comedy Challenge 2017 in Pasadena, California, and in Chicago, Illinois. This is our seventh year for this one-of-a-kind conference that includes three days of learning, writing, performing, and hanging with the pros in the comedy business. The Clean Comedy Challenge invites comedians at all levels to have a chance to work on a real comedy stage or to fill out an ambition on their bucket list just to be a part of the comedy. Business. Go to cleancomedychallenge.com for more details. When you register, make sure you mention the School of Laughs podcast so I know where you came from. Be a part of the comedy train. woo
2: Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit schooloflaps.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay money.